red gliding baseball rag. See the pitcher throw and strike him out. You got him going. Oh, oh. That gliding baseball drag. Don't you be a quitter. Show him you're a heavy hitter. Some classy curve the pitcher twirling. Go on, kid. Spin without a whirling. Hey, soak it out. Soak it out. Make a home run. Ball. Strike. Safe hit. First base. Make second. You're a bird. Keep it going, sonny. Make me win a lot of money. Don't stop until you're touching third. You're a holy terror. Center fielder made an error. Slide, slide. You made a good beginning for you know that your team always makes a winning when you play ball and sing that baseball rag. Hello there, everybody, and welcome to the Friday, July 21st edition of Free Baseball the weekly podcast that goes into extra innings to take the extra step to bring you the best in observation, insight, and analysis of our national pastime. I'm your host, Robert Cadera. Now, with the trade deadline only 10 days away, we'll begin this week's show with a look at what we might expect to see, who the sellers and buyers might be, which teams are in the best and worst positions to make a move toward qualifying for the postseason. For our Unsung Heroes segment, we will salute those small market teams that have figured it out, that are able to achieve long-range success under a system that, frankly, in many ways is stacked against them. I'm referring here to Tampa Bay, Milwaukee, and Cleveland— And we will look at a couple of other small market teams that may be emerging and whose futures seem to look bright, Cincinnati and Baltimore. We'll have the answer to last week's trivia question and a new one for you to chew on in the week ahead. So let's get things started. Jane, if you will, please. As of today, July 21st, 22 of the 30 major league teams, that's 73%, are either in first place in their divisions or within seven games of qualifying for the postseason through the wild card. Teams have between 62 and 66 games remaining. That's more than 40% of the season. Now, that's a lot of teams and their fans who still have hope in their hearts for postseason success. More teams are looking to add talent. Fewer teams are looking to trade. That adds up to an active trade deadline this year and a definite seller's market. In addition, there is word today that the Angels are listening to trade offers on Shohei Otani, the game's best player, who is a free agent at the end of the year. Imagine what he could do for a contender down the stretch. Imagine what the return he'd bring would do to the Angels' languishing farm system. On top of that, 11 of the top 15 farm systems in baseball, according to Baseball America, belong to teams who figure to be buyers this year. So, 
all the ingredients are in place for a truly historic trade deadline this year as teams retool for the home stretch of the 2023 season. Here are five predictions I'm making about what you can expect to see in the 10 days ahead. Number one, if the reports on Otani are true, then Shohei Otani will be traded either to a big market team that will try to sign him long-term, think the New York Yankees, or more likely the San Francisco Giants, or to a surprise team, think Tampa Bay Rays or Baltimore Orioles, and I'm not kidding, who have strong minor league prospects they might be willing to trade for a short-term injection of Otani's bat and pitching skills, he will not be traded to the Dodgers. Artie Moreno, the Angels' owner, will not send Otani across town to a team that vies for the baseball fans in the L.A. market. There'd be a revolt of Angels supporters if that were to happen. Prediction number two. Some of the small market teams we will salute in our upcoming Unsung Heroes segment will be active buyers. I expect the Brewers, Rays, and Reds all to be looking to add. Watch for the Brewers to try to land a hard-hitting first baseman, while the Reds and Rays will concentrate on the pitching market. Prediction number three. The most traded for area of talent will be relief pitchers. Given the number of injuries to key pitchers this year, especially those on contending teams, Pitching staffs are already wearing down, and smart contenders will be looking to buy cheap on fresh bullpen arms. Now, some of the names you'll hear will not be familiar, but I'm willing to bet most of them will be guys who throw 97 to 98 miles per hour or more. Prediction number four, the San Diego Padres, who are currently drifting along in fourth place in the National League West, and who should be sellers, will instead try to pull off a major move to acquire talent in a desperate attempt to squeeze into the third National League wildcard position. Their general manager, A.J. Preller, is hardwired to make the big move. His owner supports what he is doing and has deep pockets. Expect some noise out of San Diego. Preller will be a buyer. It's all he knows how to do. Prediction number five. Neither of the New York teams, neither the Mets nor the Yankees, will be major players in this year's trade deadline market. I think it's a long shot that the Yankees would go after Otani. The Mets, if they do anything, may actually move right-handed relief pitcher David Robertson or left-handed relief pitcher Brooks Raley or outfielder Mark Canna for a couple of mid-level prospects. They won't be able to trade Verlander or Scherzer because their contracts are too big. Owner Steve Cohen would be a fool to pay down their contracts in order to trade them for what will be offered. And then the Mets would still need to go out and compete to overpay for starting pitching on the winter trade market. Unless Cohen is a total fool, and he isn't, 
He'll get David Stearns over the winter to come in and organize an overhaul of the entire organization, and we'll go on from there. The Yankees, I think, are in a similar bind. If the season ended today, they would miss the playoffs completely, as they are four games out of the final AL wildcard spot, still waiting for Aaron Judge to return. But even with Judge, they have too many pitching injuries and too inconsistent an offense. If they do manage to squeak into the postseason, they won't go far. Here's an organization ripe for a major overhaul during the offseason. Well, there you have my predictions. We'll take a quick look at the early trade action in next week's Free Baseball and a complete rundown on all the moves in our show on August 4th. One thing is for sure, it's going to be a circus between now and then. That fanfare means it's time for this week's Unsung Heroes. Don't believe your eyes. Baseball is not played on a level playing field. It may look level from the stands or on the TV screen, but what you are not seeing is how the financial structure of the game is rigged in favor of the large market teams. By comparison, the NFL has a national TV deal With those networks that televise their games, revenue from that contract is proportionately split among all of the league's teams, so no franchise has an advantage from the major source of NFL revenue. Baseball has a different system. Each franchise shares equally in the much more limited revenue stream from the National Game of the Week, the World Series, and the All-Star Game. But the bulk of the broadcast revenue stream comes from the local or regional broadcasters. So larger market equals larger revenue stream. Some teams, like the Mets with SNY Network or the Yankees with the Yes Network, own their own television channels and they get revenue from them for all games broadcast through subscription fees from the carriers both in and out of their regions. So the Yankees get paid for every displaced New Yorker in Florida who subscribes via cable to the Yes Network. Small broadcast markets generate far less revenue for teams like the Reds, Brewers, Twins, Indians, Pirates, and the like. This gives these large market teams tens of millions of additional broadcast income. Does it guarantee the large market teams success? Well, of course not, but it gives them a vastly greater margin for error in how the team is constructed and run. For example, it gives big market teams more money to spend on premium free agents. It means they can afford to sign their own homegrown players to larger contracts after six years with the major league teams. It also means, of course, that if they make a bad decision and sign 
a failing player to a large long-term contract, they can absorb that and move on. Which makes unsung heroes out of those small market franchises that managed to succeed on the field in spite of operating at such a disadvantage. So hats off to the Brewers, Indians, and Rays for being perennial contenders during most of the past decade. How have they done it? Largely through drafting wisely and doing a better job of developing their minor league talent, and also by making advantageous trades with bigger market teams. The Brewers and the Guardians do a far better job than most teams at drafting and developing good pitching. The Rays have a knack for making under-the-radar trades for minor leaguers and other organizations who possess underdeveloped or unrealized skills. These teams have defied the odds, and in their cases they have not, as a rule, had high draft picks each year. Their annual success usually puts them in the middle of the pack or even down in the second half of each round. Some other teams, like the Orioles, the Astros, and the Reds, have gone through a spate of seasons of dreadful performance and, as a result, acquired top picks in the decade's drafts. Some have accused these teams of tanking. But whether they did or not, they still have identified good young talent and brought it to the majors. So look for the Reds and Orioles to be among the major league's best teams as a result, and for the Brewers, Rays, and Indians to continue to be perennially competitive franchises who have battled the inherently unfair nature of baseball's financial structure to bring excitement and success to their fans. Okay, it's trivia time now at Free Baseball. You might recall last week we gave you a two-part trivia question. The first part was this. Name the only Major League franchise never to have appeared in a World Series. Well, I know Seattle Mariners fans know this one because that's the team that's never been to the big show. Part two. Can you name the one Major League franchise that has never had a losing record? Well, there was a bit of a trick to this question because the franchise in question was the Milwaukee Braves. From 1953 to 1965, they were the only major league team never to have a losing record in their history. In fact, the Milwaukee Braves are the only professional sports franchise that has never had a losing season. You can look it up. Did you get those? Well, try this one on for size. Here's next week's trivia question. Over nine Major League seasons as a regular, he hit only 124 home runs. One year, he hit as few as five. The year that followed that, however, he hit 43 home runs and became only the third National Leaguer in history to register 40 homers and less than 100 RBIs in the same season. Who is he? Well, we'll have the answer for you next week. That's it for this week's free baseball. We'd like to thank you for stopping by. We'll be back next Friday with another edition. See you then. The free baseball podcast is brought to you by Black Range Publishing 
producers of the Gabe McKenna Mystery Series and the Black Range Pub podcast. You can find us at www.blackrangepublishing.com. Free baseball can also be found at the following podcast platforms, Buzzsprout, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Audible. Come back and enjoy free baseball every Friday. I'm your host, Robert Cadera. Thanks for stopping by. See you next week. (laughs) 